you, 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 you are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions, but uh, rarely any facts. Impersonations might occur, but uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. Welcome to another edition of Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting. It is I, DJ Impact, and I got the Vegas Bad Boys here with me, Matt Michael, Sin City Steve, and Simon Street. This is our three count, and this is where we're going to get into th- three good topics that I'm sure will uh, make you want to throw your comment in. If you're watching us live, you can actually do that. YouTube Live, Twitch, Facebook Live. If you're watching us, throw your comments in. We'll love to see them. If you're listening to us through the podcast, thank you for listening and downloading. We definitely appreciate that. And please continue to do just that. All right, let's get right into it. It's time. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting present. One, two, three. Count Talk. Count Talk, baby. That's right. Let's get into our first one. one. From SportsSkeeda.com. Titled, he is a natural leader. Karrion Cross says former WWE champion was an inspiration to everyone backstage. The title, uh, the article reads like this. The former NXT champion Karrion Cross was one of the multiple superstars let go by WWE last year. The superstar who now goes by Killer Cross had only positive things to say about his time in NXT. He pointed out Triple H was a positive influence on everyone backstage. Now, although Cross had a spectacular run at NXT and his partner and his partner Scarlett, his time on the main roster was a complete debacle. He had the look and skills to make it big on Raw, but poor creative decisions led to him losing steam and being let go by WWE. Speaking to CBS Sports, Karrion Cross spoke about his time at NXT and how much fun he had working with his idols like Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Cross praised Triple H and said that the latter in his natural-born leader. And this is what was quote saying. To me, he's a natural leader. He was not someone who ever had to raise his voice. He's not someone who ever had to get angry for people to listen to him, Cross said. He was a person where... I would come into work and he would com- and be completely focused with each and every person he was working with. I never saw him play favorites, said Cross. And he also stated that Triple H was always honest and would tell the talent what they needed to hear. The game worked to inspire the roster and help them become better versions of themselves. Now, Simon Street, I know... You picked this article. Tell us what stood out for you. Well, I think the biggest thing that stood out in this article is, you know, not just uh, carrying cross uh, saying it. But this is one of many upon many people who have stated the same thing through the years of just how Triple H was a huge 
part of you know their experience either if it was new coming into the wwe uh via you know nxt or just in coming across them you know uh even Vince man has said the same he does have a mind for the business and i think that you know as we look at it now the state of nxt uh things have moved on in a different direction that he may or may not be a part of we don't know we're not there uh you, you know what he does in capacity but i will say what's interesting is that we're still seeing many many people say how good he was with with getting talent groomed to get to that next level if they were um i think it's interesting just because you know you talk about sports teams and great coaches triple h to me in my mind was a great coach uh you know and i'm sure if we had an opportunity to interview five people from nxt who actually got a chance to work underneath him they would say the same thing so you know wherever he goes from here, whether it's in WWE or somewhere else, he just has a lot of good talent, you know, and I, I know much as you three, we want to know where that might exactly be in the future. Let me ask, um, let me ask uh, I, I, anyone here on the panel here. It seemed like Triple H, he was definitely respected. He was definitely loved. He definitely changed NXT to become uh, what it is today. What do you think, what do you think just kind of caused, you know, him to not be a part of it anymore? Are you so by the idea of just health being it and that's and that's it? Or do you think there's something else that out of everything he's done, it just seems like it's it's a it's a wrap? Who I mean, who what's your take on this? Anybody? Well, I, I think that I'll, I'll jump in. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll talk about this. Uh, it's it's obvious that that Vince is using, you know, Triple H, Paul Levesque as the fall guy. Um, they they counter-programmed the new promotion in town, AEW, and they attempted to do that with NXT. And so when they jumped in and they chose to fight that battle, then they lost that battle. Obviously, Vince, in his illustrious mind, feels that he needs to pin that blame on somebody else that he needs to just completely remove that, that vision and that um, anything, you know, that harkens back to the previous version. We've talked about that. Um, but I think that this is just yet another shred of, you know, another example, excuse me, of Vince being vindictive and essentially forcing him, um, you know, out um, without saying it, obviously. Um, and of course he's had some health issues and, and things of that nature, but um, yeah, it it definitely seems to me that yeah, this is all Vince is doing. Let me ask you. Let me go over to you, uh, Matt Michaels. I mean, assuming what Sin City Steve is saying is correct, um, would you? Vince had to sign off on the idea of there being a television series to go up against AEW. So it's not like it was Triple H who decided to do it and then made the decision and talked to the the cable providers and they was like, oh, yeah, Triple H. Will. No, it had to be something that Vince decided. So why would Triple H, assuming again what Sin City Steve is saying, why would it then be Triple H be the fall guy of NXT? Well, I'm not going to assume what Steve's saying is correct because – it's absolutely just fucking made up bullshit that AEW fans like to fucking say. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, they couldn't compete. That's why they moved the station. Blah 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 blah. Dude, 
we know now that this is a huge process that wasn't fucking brought on by AEW. It was brought on by your fucking hiring of Nick Khan to make this guy, you know, part of um, a restructure of what you're doing. And what they really are truly doing is they are trying to take people and freshly mold them for the most part with no wrestling experience and make them into what will be the future WWE roster. It's training people in the exact way they want them to be. Now, why is Triple H not there? I'm going to honestly say that I think the health condition was worse than they let on, to be honest. Mm. Um, and the reason I say this is because you keep avoiding one fact, and that is Shawn Michaels is still there. And Shawn was running Hunter's right-hand side. So, And Cross, going back to the Cross thing, um, Cross absolutely said it was Hunter and Shawn that were both responsible for mm -hmm. what he thought was great shit. Um, Cross even said to the fans at FSW, um, it's like people, uh, it's people like you who got, who elevated me to be where I was. All of us here created something for me and for you years ago. And shit got weird in the last four months on TV, real weird. However, I will say this, the thing that we created here together through these shows, we all got to see that on NXT, which in my opinion is fucking awesome. That's the thing. Hunter allowed these guys to work, right? It was their characters. It was their mm -hmm. ideas and whatnot. They don't want that now. They don't want the input of the wrestler. They want the soldier that they're making into what they see as a WWE superstar. This is a new line of thinking, and wrestling, wrestling fans don't think that way. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be pretty fucking brutal for the fans to make that transition but the people who will make that transition are the 10 year olds watching the product now everyone younger is going to grow up with this being the way it's done and that will be how it is for them so hey man the 80s were one thing that moved on the 90s were one thing that moved on the attitude era for yeah. god's sakes needed to move on a long time ago and it did and you know that's it man it's it's new shit Okay, I will. I will say this real quick. Sure. Uh, I only reason why I really wanted to have this this article brought out is because it kind of does show you that if you're great at something and it meets its end and it you know and you have to move on. Sometimes you moving on, you can still be great in somewhere else. So I don't know what the situation is with his health. I would love to see see a guy like Triple H get with AEW or some other promotion and help in some capacity because I think it could lend well outside of what WWE's vision is for the future. So Stephanie McMahon's husband's going to AEW with her brother. I'm assuming. I didn't say that. I didn't say. I didn't say that. I just said as an example of any place in any capacity. I didn't go that deep. Now you want to? We can do that whole different show. Matt explains it all. <laughs> all right. Well, you just said <laughs> AEW. That's I said as an example. You can listen things, to what man. I said. I said, I said as an example. I didn't say you go there. Come on now, man. All right, here we go. Let's get to our second count. All right, this is from WrestlingNews.co. It's uh, 
titled WWE Talent is Reportedly Frustrated, Attempts to Speak with Vince McMahon Being Ignored. And it reads like this. As WWE reports record revenue in their latest earning report, some of their wrestlers are privately expressing their unhappiness with how things are being run backstage and morale is said to be lower than ever. Fightful is reporting that several of the WWE talent feel that they do not have a voice and they are reduced to making pleas on social media. There were no names listed in the report, but Mustafa Ali has been public about wanting his release from WWE, and it was notable that Cesaro, quote, liked, end quote, tweets that include messages from fans expressing frustration that he was not included in the men's Royal Rumble match. Fightful also noted that another talent stated that they never felt, quote, less heard, end quote, in attempts to speak to Vince McMahon have gone ignored. Fightful also stated that there's a, quote, wealth of discouraged and disappointed WWE talent who are frustrated with the direction of the company and the talent ranges from people who are rarely used, new names, and veterans. It was said that the morale in the locker room was also decreasing. While no names were mentioned in the report, several of the ex-talent and personnel have talked about their frustrations. Scotty Tuhati, for example, asked for his release in November and later said in the interview that he was sad about seeing so many of his friends let go. Nick Khan has stated that WWE is not actively in sale talks, but fight for reports that there are several talent who believe that a sale would eventually happen because that is the only way to rationalize some of the decision-making. All right, Sin City Steve, this was yours. Tell us what you think about it. So here's the thing is obviously it's it's long been talked about that Vince McMahon is the is the uh, the audience of one that WWE TV has been written for. Okay, so let's unpack that for just a second. Obviously, let's be real. Vince laid the groundwork to build what you know, created what we are talking about and have been talking about for nearly 500 episodes. Um, And that is he's, he brought professional wrestling to a global scale and to a global audience now. Okay. So numerous people have mentioned how he was very hands-on with the talent and very hands-on with storylines and very hands-on with absolutely everything to do with his company as he should be. Mm Mm-hmm. So now, fast forward, and it seems as if out of nowhere, we're getting all these reports right around the same time that Vince is no longer listening to what any of the talent has to say, no longer looking for, um, no longer accepting feedback, uh, anything of that nature. Um, I don't know how accurate this, this report truly is. I think that what we're seeing here is I think we're seeing talent that let's be real might want to go elsewhere and (laughs) other people have played this card Mm -hmm. where they've voiced displeasure and then they've done certain things to get out of contracts okay so i don't know if this is you know mustafa ali uh excuse me mustafa ali uh or uh or cesaro liking tweets um, I don't know if this is, you know, if there's an ulterior motive to this 
if at this point they just want to go elsewhere. Um, and I, you know, I don't know if these reports are true. The only people that know are going to be the people that are making the claims and Vince McMahon them, himself. So I, I take it with a grain of salt. Um, with all of these reports. And it's really strange that everything's happening roughly at the same time. So it, it almost feels like as if there's an organized movement uh, to, uh, you know, to push in one direction. I, I find it really, really interesting, but uh, yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to see what develops. But, okay. Yeah. Weird. Let me ask you, uh, mm -hmm. let's go over to you, Simon street. I mean, listen, uh, when you, when you work for someone and you got some issues, you want to be able to, uh, you might want to talk to the boss. You might want to have. You might want to say, "Boss, I need to talk to you," and the boss close the door and be like, "Nah, that's not going to happen." I mean, you tell me what's your take on what you read about this. I mean, this—if that's the way it's happening, this is not a good look, right? Uh, I mean, it's more of not a good look for them. They definitely are taking a gamble because at the end of the day, you still work for the company, yeah. and it could be viewed as you know uh, your discontent in the way that you choose to vent out your your dirty laundry online may look to be problematic and uh that could also weigh down on the decision that the big boss gonna have to have a conversation with you but it's going to be about hey your consequence for doing such and such i will say this mm -hmm. i say that at the end of the day no boss or successful boss has to talk to its employees about their grievances it is an option based on their discretion 100 percent and some of the best bosses don't talk to their constituents, can you say it right, constituents, because they are focused on other fires, okay? They are focused on a merriment of many different issues that the people below them don't know about. And if they did know about it, shit, you don't want to talk to the goddamn boss because it might be a fire that they can't find out right now and you're going to catch them on the wrong side of the street and their ass is going to can you right then and there. Okay. So I think that one thing I'll say is this. Look, okay. it, things work within the system. If you feel you don't have a voice in this system, just like Sin City Steve said, you might want to go to a different system where you feel you have a voice and you have that choice. Make it real quick. Okay. Well, Matt Michaels, I get it. All right. The boss, he, you know, they make the decision if they want to hear who they want to hear or whatever. But listen, you can't run a business where morale is very low. You tell me a company who runs with morale very low and then you get you get something like um well i shouldn't say them they may be a sponsor someday but um but it it reminds the last word is uh with mart and there's been different marts out there um you tell me matt where does where does this all fits in at well i think that you know first of all um <laughs> no one is is taking into the the context of what an employee there does all right so if you are shooting a movie you are most likely in front of the director the director will listen to what you have to say but the director has one purpose to get the movie that he wants right so as a hired hand, as an actor, as an independent contractor, as someone who signed a contract to work, for, you do what you're you're asked to do, or else you are released. You're you're fired. Okay. Um. So the next thing you got to keep in mind is that there are other people you go to, not Vince McMahon. 
And I think that's something that gets totally lost. You don't go to Vince Big. Listen, if you worked for Walmart, you're not going to Sam Walmart, <laughs> mainly because he's dead. But the fact of the matter is, is that when you work for you a go company, to his daughter, you don't, <laughs> well, you don't go to the fucking, you know, the top. You go to the people who are directly above you, who are in this case in wrestling, the bookers, the agents, the, you know, the writers, the fucking producers, uh, etc. And Vince should be your last line to talk to. The um, the thing that always fascinates me is that, of course, these are all unnamed people who have these problems. So that's one thing that's very interesting because it's very you easy can't to look at. You can't you can't uh, tell what your source is, man. Come on. Well, I'm saying that there are no sources. I'm saying someone read something that Mustafa Ali was disgruntled. So therefore, oh, Cesaro, he clicked uh, likes on people being disappointed. He wasn't in the fucking rumble. Oh, God, that means he wants he wants out. Oh, oh God, let's get him out. Mustafa Ali, uh, or <clears throat> Steve said Mustafa, whatever the fuck he's called. Get it right. Yeah. Is it Mustafa uh, or Mustafa? Yeah. Mustafa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it might as well be. Um, the, the honest answer is, did that guy sell tickets? No. And every single wrestler should feel that they're in the position to be the best in the company. That's great. But you know how you get to that position? You do what you're asked. And if it's shit, you fucking you grin and bear it because you signed a contract. You knew what this company is and you want it to be there. So you signed the contract willingly. As soon as your contract's over, you don't have to resign. That's it. Very simple. So I don't think, you know, I don't take this to heart. And if people are disgruntled, you know what? Talk in your fucking sewing circles and bitch like every other fucking employee in the United States with their coworkers who don't like this or that in their job. And that's it. Move on. <laughs> to AEW and and let the and let them start worrying about this bullshit because you ain't going to be a star there either obviously Adam Cole you know he's up against fucking Orange Cassidy and Orange Cassidy was supposed to be a guy they were pushing and now Adam Cole is supposed to be a guy they're pushing because he has a bigger name than Orange Cassidy but apparently that he has to beat Orange Cassidy now and then they'll declare himself needing to beat all these people it just makes no fucking sense this is why you don't hear about the shit in WWE. You just hear about disgruntled people. That's it. Michaels, Michaels, Tony Khan and AEW live rent free in your head. I'm completely convinced of it. 100%. Every, every, everything everything always circles itself back. Everything always circles yep. itself back to AEW this, AEW that. Come because on. of mm -hmm. one reason yep. on this. And that is because of the fact that it was insinuated in the article, and I think you might even mention it. That people might be talking about another company that they might be interested in going to and getting out of this contract because we can go here and be great over here. But it's not working out for a lot of those people who thought they'd go over there and get the fucking push. So shit, I'd rather go to Impact Wrestling anyways. Hey. <laughs> right now, right now, if you're smart, you go to MLW. Facts. I'd yeah, I would do that too. I mean, that makes sense. Start from there and then be a name, then go to AEW. Don't go to AEW if you ain't got no footing. All right, all right. Let's go. Good, good stuff, gentlemen. Let's go on to our third count. Three, 
All right, this one is from ringsidenews.com, titled AEW Dynamite Fails to Break 1 Million Viewers with the Big Chicago Episode. And it just says that AEW brought a, brought a loaded Dynamite to Chicago this week, complete with CM Punk's first loss. How did the viewership turn out? Well, WrestleNomics reports that AEW, I mean, yeah, AEW Dynamite, uh, brought in 954,000 viewers on February 2nd. And just to kind of break that down, for the beach break, they had 1,100,000 viewers. Uh, the weekend before that one was 1,032,000 viewers. And then the week before that, which was January 12th, they had 969,000 viewers. And then the New Year Smash, they had 975,000 viewers. So... I mean, this was like the worst almost out of what has happened all in January. Okay, Michaels, it's all yours. <laughs> well, there's a couple there's a couple things here. First off, let's look that it this article gave up to Jan, uh to December 22nd. It, it is the lowest rating since, you know, uh, that date. There's, you know, right. that's where we went back to. So, it is the lowest rating since uh since Back then, that was that was higher than the twenty second. One of the things that I think that is very interesting about this is that you know we we keep looking at this back and forth, and they can't maintain over a million, and most likely uh, their low end is seven hundred thousand. Their high end is a million one, let's say. So your average you have of a fan base is 900,000, all right? They're not growing, and that's very alarming. One of the reasons it's alarming is this simple fact. TBS reaches more households, and they're not, you know, they're not seeing a bump from that. So if you were doing, let's say, a million on TNT, you should be doing 1 million two, 1 million three, because you're reaching more houses. Hmm. So that's an interesting dilemma. But the other thing is the fact that when the ratings came in, all of a sudden Tony Khan came up with this idea to uh, announce they're going to be breaking the forbidden door, which is a whole nother thing because Melter went off about, uh, oh, uh, you know, there's so many people out there, Bandito, Dragon Lee, Keith Lee, Shane Strickland, Johnny Gargano, uh, Sean Strickland, there's just like so much talent out there that they could bring in. So I don't know, you know, Jonathan Gresham, pretty much everyone that was in an ROH is a free agent. So it'll be interesting to see who they choose and who they don't choose. Now, the thing that is pissing me off to no end about this is the fact that he specifically said, uh, Tony Khan said he's breaking the, uh, the door open for the forbidden door, right? All, all things taken into consideration is the forbidden door should be someone who is currently working with another company. All these guys are fucking free agents. So it's <laughs> right. not like, oh my God, you know, ooh, it's going to be kicking down the, the forbidden door. No, that would be bringing in a free agent. The only one who makes sense, if you're talking Forbidden Doors, who's under contract, would be someone like a Jonathan Gresham, 
um, because he still is representing ROH, but more so a Josh Alexander or someone along the lines in Impact, the company they've already been working with, or New Japan, the company they've already been working with. So the idea of how do we save our ratings and bump them up is by by basically teasing the forbidden door to fans who buy into this bullshit that there is such a thing. And now they want to keep that floating out there because, you know, okay. Dan House. All right. All right. Dan House. That's all I got to say. Simon Street, let me jump over to you because I know you've been very uh, supportive, at least uh, with AEW this this week. I mean, you usually mostly are, but what's going on in your eyes, though, man? I mean, this was supposed to be the big show. Chicago, CM Punk. What is happening? What's your take? Well, I mean... I think a lot of what's happened is not just what happened in Chicago this past week. I mean, which which I said earlier uh, for our, our uh, wrestling talk it was a good show. Um, I think one thing that uh, that AEW does have a problem in general is they push the gas a little bit too much on trying to grow without proper structure. I think they get very excited over a lot of acquisitions, a lot of acquisitions with moves that WWE was moving, you know, and people ending their contracts or whatnot. And I think that they did the best that they possibly could try to do to get them, but they still didn't have that structure they needed. I know even that Sin City Steve has even talked about with regard to the women's division, not having legs underneath it, but yet still trying to plug different talent in there. It does come across as disorganized. Do I think there's still something there? Yes. Do I think that it's too late for them to, you know, um, go ahead and downsize? No, that would be stupid. But I do think that they have put themselves in a predicament that could have been avoided in the beginning if they had it kept small and simple and selective, very selective. I know a long time ago, gentlemen, if you can remember, we talked about this, about getting a lot of what we'll call yesteryears um, uh, talent from WWE and how that would a barrier younger talent to some degree and not allow them to thrive and be built as part of your structure now aew is trying to find ways to still utilize what they've made the deals they've made and still try and come up with a product do i think they could rise to the occasion possibly i think that they have what it takes but they're going to have to really start using what i call the kiss method keep it simple solutions i think that they get way too excited they push on the gas and it's really hard to establish your base. Okay. I think that they have with uh, Cowboy, he's a, a base. I think Guevara is a, is a base. I think even Carget, uh, Jade, even though she's new and fresh, they need to stick with those people. Really die down. And for Michaels, please don't put Sting on TV. That's all I'll say. <laughs> all right. Stink. <laughs> Thin City, man. What's what's You know, let me ask you this. If, if maybe if... Tony never mentioned, never mentioned ratings. No, Jericho never called himself the demo god. If, if ratings was just never mentioned and it was just, let's go out there with our product and we just do what we do, would it be such a big deal, you know, that it is right now? Or, or do you think it would be different? So I think that ultimately when AEW first launched, they specifically said that they were 
looking to be an alternative that they were not competition with WWE. Um, unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, there was a very, um, very vocal portion of the AEW fan base that for one reason or another, uh, had some grievances to air and wanted to basically give Vince McMahon the finger and say, fuck you. Um, and so obviously they, you know, they saw the ratings graphs for, for the flagship shows for raw and things of that nature steadily going down. Um, so of course, when you've got something brand new and it's going up, contrast that with raw, which is going down it, uh, you know, the storyline kind of writes itself. And unfortunately that whole thing got kind of blown way out of proportion by a very, very vocal portion of the fan base. Um, and of course, Tony Khan chose to, uh, you know, for better or worse, um, stoke those fires and ramp those people up. Um, the one thing that I'll mention is, uh, if we're looking at the, the numbers, um, so since they started on, uh, on TBS, which was on January 5th, uh, this is the lowest show, uh, that they've had in terms of viewers, um, and in terms of the demo. So, uh, previously the, the previous low was January 12th, where they had 969,000 viewers, uh, with a 0.39 in the key demo. Um, this past week, they finished at 954,000 viewers and a 0.35 in the demo. So both of those are at least within striking distance of that lower number, but they're definitely not what you want to see. Now, if you were to take their highest number and compare that with um, what what actually won out that, that week mm-hmm. on TV... Um, it, it lost to, uh, of all things, a, uh, a new South park episode and, uh, an NBA game. So, you know, take that as you will. Uh, South park had, uh, a 0.44 in the 18 to 49 demo. Um, AEW did beat them in total, total viewership. Um, but the NBA game had a 0.43 in 18 to 49. So, I mean, realistically, did they fumble the ball? Yes, but do they? Can they make something of this? Yes, they can. Um, should it serve as a reminder to them to not get too prideful? Without question. Um, but yeah, it it it's not cause for alarm, but it's definitely cause for a warning. All right. Well, they're also going to fuck themselves too. Now that Tony Khan said he has someone coming in on Wednesday, if it's a shit person. Fans yep. are just gonna, just going to lose it. One of the I, interest- I, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say once once when he mentioned that, I instantly had flashbacks to the whole uh, Christian Cage debut. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's you know, and and again, your your last two quote unquote big reveals were Brody King and Danhausen. Well, and then Jay Lethal before that. These are guys that people who are not wrestling fans don't know who the fuck these guys are. You can easily put in a guy from the WWE complex, right? Because most likely someone's seen them in passing. But when you've been building your brand, it's kind of hard to do that by bringing in guys that were only on like Ring of Honor television or on, uh, you know, Impact to a certain extent. What's really even on top of this, even crazier is that the final count of tickets distributed for that show, for, for the uh, the Wednesday show on February 2nd in Chicago, were only 77.7% of the tickets. And that is 
with a capacity of 7,000. So that's why it's it's alarming because now their go-to city with their guy that they've run now, what, four times since CM Punk debuted, I believe. Yeah. And that's the other that problem. Means- yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's it's market saturation. It's market saturation, and they were getting away with it at first. It was very smart the way they started booking. But it's something that I think you've said, DJ, over you know the past couple of years. And and granted, the pandemic you know put a whole shed over things for a year and a half or so. But the idea that they're not running the West Coast at all. Or even, um, you know, venturing past like Texas and and Illinois, it makes no sense. And you gotta, you know, you gotta say, if we're not getting that increase on TV to where it's a regular number, and if our ticket sale, if we can't sell 7,000 in Chicago, we have to reevaluate what we're doing to essentially, you know, try to get more ticket sales and more buzz and more people interested. And maybe just maybe bringing in some of these older WWE guy, you know, release WWE guys, older WWE guys, you know, same thing with guys from impact who are released or ROA to released or, you know, anything like that, that might not be the, the cure that might be part of the infection. So mm. very interesting that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a you bigger, know what, you know, it's interesting. Sorry to interrupt for no. once in my life. I'm going to agree with you, Matt Michaels, because that to me is one of the big reasons why WWE's push to totally restructure their landscape, to build a crop that you don't have to worry about bad habits. You don't have to worry about the extra BS. And, and again, it sucks. There's some truth to that. All right, there we go. The bell is wrong. Good stuff, gentlemen. Ow. (laughs) (laughs) That was hella loud. Sorry. Sorry. All right. We want to thank everybody for for hanging out. We're going to give our our final thoughts. We just wanted to let you know you can always catch us weekly, usually every Sunday about 8 p.m., Pacific Standard Time, and we know it's pretty late back in the uh, East Coast. We may eventually kind of drop the time down, but we don't know. We all got to talk about it and see how it all works for everybody. But for you guys that do hang out with us, we do totally appreciate that. And feel free to join us every Sunday, YouTube Live, Twitch, and Facebook Live. All right, so thank you much. Let's get to our final thoughts let's start with you simon street what you want to tell the good people uh thank you everybody for uh tuning in and uh continue to support us um you know goes without saying we appreciate it because you could have been doing a whole bunch of things right now but you decided to hang out with us and we greatly appreciate that um also too for everybody as i say every week try your best to be the best version of yourself and always provide a safe space mentally, emotionally, and spiritually for others to do the same. If we all do that, then the world might be a little bit better. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Sin City Steve. Thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight. 
liking, sharing, subscribing, doing all the stuff that you do. Um, we do this for you. So it's awesome. Thank you. Um, very, very special shout out to all the brave men and women serving this country, lands, foreign and domestic. Thank you for what you do, which enables us to do what we do. Um, so yeah, I say it every week, but it, it truly is, it truly is amazing to, uh, to network with so many people. Um, and, uh, I have spoken with several active duty service people and, um, thank you specifically. Thank you for everything that you do. Um, and last but not least repsports.com, R E P P sports.com go there for all all of your pre-workout weight loss and general energy needs. Again, that's repsports.com use promo code Vegas at checkout and save yourself 15%. All righty. Thank you for that. Matt Michaels. Yeah. Let's end on a real high note. Congratulations to the newlyweds, Mr. Keith Lee and his gorgeous bride. Um, who was it? Was it Shotzi? Was it oh, Jesus? Was it Carrie Saint? Mia Yim. Oh, Miss Mia yeah. Lee. Oh Jesus! Yeah, that anyway. sounds a lot cooler. Also, Wendy Chu got married too. Just want to put that out there. She didn't fall asleep for it either. <laughs> She's <laughs> poor, poor guy on the wedding night. No, oh, that's sad. That's awesome. All right. Well, with that, uh, we appreciate you guys, and we will see you all next week when we do it all over again. All right. Peace. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting.